it's a democratic school. So the kids run the school. Um, they organize, uh, themselves, uh, they, uh, create a peace and justice committee. So they effectively, they govern themselves to do with uh, any issues or accidents and stuff that happen. Yeah, but that's... Thank you so much for being here, Joe. Uh, we initially connected because of another podcast, actually, but um, turns out here we are again and <laughs> we connected and we had so many similarities. We left our home countries in Corona times. We started alternative educations and so on. And you have a crazy job. <laughs> and I'm yeah. super impressed. I was really in love with the project you did for Burning Man. I am AI. Mm. And the stage is yours. I want you to introduce yourself and tell a bit more about yourself. Yeah, uh, my name is Joseph Crossley. Um, I'm the founder of Astral Project, which is a future media uh, creative studio. Uh, originally based in Sydney, but now we're based in uh, Ibiza in Spain. And um, I've been a uh, father to my son, Sammy, for six years. And uh, we all live here on the island of Ibiza. We moved here in 2019 uh, for a collection of projects in America and London. And uh, it was just too hard to move all the way back from Australia to Europe and America. Uh, so we all decided as a family to come here for six months or eight months to do the projects. And um, they were yearly projects, so we were going to come here each year for six months. Um, and then Corona happened, and uh, we, as as a public events company, obviously took a huge hit in uh, in that time with all the events that we'd been planning and working on all basically being cancelled. And um, we hopped on a plane to uh, go for a project in Bali. Uh, my wife was like look, we've got to go this, you know, we've got to do this. And it was about three or four days before Spain got completely locked down. And we arrived in Bali and Spain got locked down and we ended up in a national park in uh, Western Australia after all of this and spent four months down there in the middle of nowhere, um, uh, working out what, what life was going to be. And so we ended up coming back uh, with our three-year-old son at the time to, uh, to Ibiza in July once the airports opened up. And we were like, look, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll spend six months here and just see what happens and feel it out. Um, and the situation shifted and changed in Australia quite a lot after that point as well. So it kind of uh, uh, gave us more grounding to stay where we were in Ibiza. And then we had the, uh, the obvious issues of, of life and education for our son and uh, resetting up a business uh, to, to, to approach uh, a new form of living. Um, I wasn't so enamored with being in a field or in a desert so much. Uh, after that point, I was, I, th I kind of felt a little bit like, I think I've done with that stage now. Um, so we still work in creative, you know, we work in innovation and, um, ideation, um, and, uh, lots of different projects from, uh, design to film. Uh, we just did a show in New York for the Rolling Stones with MTV and, redesigning how we approach music and it's 
it's created all this sort of different avenues of my work. Um, but we've been settled here. Um, and one of the main reasons really why we decided to settle here was the formation of this school that uh, my son goes to, which is, it's a democratic, it's a democratic school, um, school being the fact that it's a container and they turn up to the same place each day and their friends are there. Um, but that's pretty much where the word school ends. Um, it's, it's a diverse experience. And, you know, with six year old children, you, they're learning compassion. They're learning to, uh, to self-regulate themselves. They're learning to interact and read and, and kind of figure out kind of who they are and how to communicate properly. And so we, we decided as a family to, to let Sammy go through that experience, however long it might take and, uh, and, and sit here and see and wait. And this island has been really, really good for us for that, for that purpose. Um, so it's been, it's been great. And also the, the, the parents on the island all, all have that sort of similar viewpoint that they, they didn't want to, uh, subscribe their child to, um, a traditional form of 1800s education where the children were told to sit down and listen and not speak and, uh, remember certain subjects in order, uh, one after another and uh, then get tested on those subjects ultimately when they get older. And the format of that rigidity uh, just was something that we decided, we decided quite early on um, that we weren't gonna pursue. Um, our original plan was that we were gonna be up in Byron Bay and we, we got Sammy into a school, a Steiner school up there. Um, and um, after, after a while, we just thought, you know what, like, this is a kind of an interesting project. I've never seen anything like it in, in my life. Um, and I can go into detail about it, uh, in a bit, but I suppose that's the introduction really of how we got here and, and why we're still here. That's nice. Yeah. I, it happened. I think the same happened to me. Uh, we just happened to be on the Canary Islands when all this lockdown started and um, we were forced to stay here, but we were lucky because we discovered this little unschooling school and it's basically the same. They have a little house, they have a lot of friends and a lot of freedom and they don't do anything. Like they are not pressured to learn or to read or to do anything. They're very free. And a couple of days ago, I was very sick. I was in bed for, I think, 48 hours just sleeping. And I was so bored at some point. And I was begging my son to read something for me because my, my head was exploding and I couldn't stand any artificial sound. So I was like, dude, please read something to me. And I was still used to him reading like shit. Uh, and he's nine already. And I was always, uh, he's perfect in maths and languages and everything, but reading, he hates it. And suddenly he was able to read like fluently, like, and I was so happy. I was like crying. I, I felt so sick and so happy at the same time. I was like, dude, that is awesome. Where did you learn to read like that? And he was like, yeah, you know what? Last uh, week in school, we had something. I needed to read the description because I didn't get the product somehow. It was some kind of robotic stuff. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, so I had to, to learn how to read. And I was like, okay, now I finally have that, that trust in this journey. Because since then, uh, before that time, it was always a concept, a wishful thinking, like, yeah, let's be free and learn. Now I see it's actually happening. I'm much more relaxed. I can just be calm about that situation. And I really appreciate this freedom. And uh, I love the stories. Like... Uh, 
Yeah. I needed to learn how to read in first or second grade and it was shit. It was really stressful. And mm. since that incident, I was like, okay, dude, this is it. And yeah. I think we should spread that and help other people be more confident in going that route. Yeah. Or I mean, that we had a really similar that. journey as well. Um, we had a similar journey, you know, you send your son to the school or your child to the school, and, you know, Sammy goes to a democratic school called the learning project in Ibiza. Um, and it's, uh, headed by this amazing gentleman called Ben Kessner, um, who, um, uh, set up a democratic school in, in, um, in the States in America. And, uh, the founders of the school, Elsie and Elisa, uh, basically found Ben, I think they manifested Ben. Um, they found this school and Ben brought himself over and a collection of the, the guides from that school to set the school up in Ibiza. It's a democratic school. So the kids run the school. Um, they organize, uh, themselves, uh, they, uh, create a peace and justice committee. So they effectively, they govern themselves to do with, uh, any issues or accidents and stuff that happen. Uh, and they also, they all serve a kind of jury duty each week. So three kids from each of the different age bands are part of the uh, peace and justice committee. So uh, if something's gone wrong, for example, someone's thrown something or someone took something from someone else, or there was a fight or some sort of fractious behavior, they go into this step-by-step -step process of working through the issue and figuring out a resolution to the issue and then effectuating that resolution. Um, they have a meeting twice a day to vote. Uh, and the voting is, uh, on all different issues. For example, um, uh, let's say, you know, one, one kid stood up and wanted to create a, a, a playground, an outdoor education playground, a salt course in the forest behind the school. And so, uh, they voted on it and then they created a committee around it. So they were like, yes, this playground is in the forest and there is a forest committee who is the members of the forest committee and they'll put their hands up. And so that subject then goes into the forest committee meeting and they have all these subcommittees that are created around different subjects. And, um, the six year old children are in there alongside the 14 year old children, um, and the 15 year old children, all mixed age groups. And so the six year old children are sitting there kind of generally just amused by the conversation and wanting to create really unrealistic things. And then the 14 year old children are kind of acting in, in, in some way as their teachers and, uh, what it does and what I've seen is it's this logical, as you mentioned, this logical progression to them working out what they need and how they need to get those things to be able to engage in certain subjects or aspects of the school. And, um, the education part is actually on the, the parent side, you know, because you're sitting there and you're going, but. My, my son can't read properly yet, or he's not <laughs> writing, or he's spelling the name of his ba name backwards, or, you know, what is he doing at school? Like, you know, is there any way that we can keep up on what he's doing? And, um, and Ben was really funny. He was like, mm, we don't really keep track, you know, that us as guides, we keep track of what they're interested in and what their passions are and what they really need to, and we try to make sure that they get what they need to, to, to fulfill those passions. Um, but we don't necessarily provide reports on what the kids are up to. And, um, and yeah, like the same thing happened just this weekend with my son. Um, you know, he's talking about, uh, being involved in this robotics Lego thing that was going on. 
um, but he needed to read. So he's like, right, I'm going to teach myself to read. So he's learning to read. Um, but obviously he's learning to read Pokemon names, which are like, you know, <laughs> Charizard. And, you know, so he's learning to read names that are kind of, but, but in that he's understanding the diction of the words and the letters and how to sell, say them and put them together. And then this weekend I just turned around and he's full blown writing. Um, and he had all these pop sticks with alphabets on them. And he was uh, using the pop sticks, the lollipop sticks, to basically realign letters and create all different words from all the different alphabets. So every pop stick had an alphabet on it. And he created this system that he could use it to make different words uh, as a game. And I've never seen that before in my life. I was like, wow, that's really, that's really interesting and cool. You know, and he was like, yeah, I'm just learning, learning to read. And this is what I'm doing because I need to do it to engage in this process. And then you just stop and just you, you kind of go, it's all happening really naturally. You know, he's not reading books like, you know, John sat on the mat. John had a blue jumper. He's learning books like, you know, um, to use this Pokemon card effectively, you have to put it down with this one, you know, or, um, or for example, uh, you know, the, the robot Lego, you know, like he's, 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 Lego is obviously something he loves and, He's learning different forms of, of, of education. And, and, and not only that, they, they, they have the systems that the kids have all voted for in school, um, where, um, for example, on day three of this school, like no joke, they all voted around the, the, the it's called the goldfish bowl, which is basically a circular meeting space in the forest. And they all voted to bring their, their iPads and parents' iPhones and stuff into school so that they could play computer games, right? <laughs> and the older kids were like, you know, getting the younger kids to go like, don't you want to play computer games? And the kids are like, yeah, I'm, I'm not allowed to play computer games. This is great. Um, so, yeah, day three or day four, you know, in the morning you dropped them off. All the kids are coming in with their iPads and their headphones and yeah, you know, this is great. We're going to play computer games. And then I came to pick up Sammy and they're all just in there playing computer games uh it took about five days uh and then one of the kids stood up and goes like everyone playing computer games is really boring like no mm -hmm. one's talking to each other no one's everyone's distracted i've got a headache my head feels funny <laughs> um, i didn't sleep very well i'm not sleeping very well i'm having like weird nightmares and stuff um i'm gonna vote to like my vote is to let's just remove screens from the school for a week and see what happens. So the kids decided this themselves. Um, and then suddenly all the screens were removed. And then after the week, they realized that, that they needed screens for um, making music or, you know, there's a coding thing going on in school that they decided to do, but they couldn't code for the week because they, they removed <laughs> the screens. So the guides removed all the screens. And then they were like, right, we need to create a room where the screens can live. And then we figure out how, who can go in there and when can go in there. So they, they start self-organizing. And what I see there's the most dramatic part of it all is the, just the communication, like the quality of the communication between the children is mind blowing. You know, you, you sit down and like, listen to these kids just talking to each other. And they don't sound like children that you would find in a normal school in the way they talk. They, I mean, they were talking about Jesus Christ and Mary and how, you know, the older kids are like, Jesus fucked Mary, basically. Like, that's it. You know, you know and the, the younger kids are like, what, what does fuck mean? And they're like, um, 
okay, let's explain it to you. So like when a man and a woman are in love, you know, they're, and so the, the, the 13 year old kid is like giving the birds and the bees conversation to the six year old kid. And the kids are like, oh, right, cool. Yeah. So that's what a willy is for, right? Oh, okay. And um, so, yeah, I, of course, Mary, if she had a baby, then, you know, Mary and Joseph must have loved each other in bed, you know, and, um, and they're figuring it out. And it's just like the quality of the, they're deciphering. And so is there any way that we could try and get the Bible <laughs> to try to read <laughs> through the Bible and see like, if there was a moment where, you know, <laughs> where it happened you know? <laughs> and they're all coming up with mad ideas about you know it's like how to find father christmas <laughs> you know but it's like how to figure out whether mary had sex with joseph you know and um it's just stuff like that's happening on a daily basis there and uh just for example like you know tonight um one of the kids has created a collection of uh turned the school into a collection of escape rooms um and all the parents have to turn up <laughs> and basically be the subjects for this eight-year-old kid so that he can test everyone to see if they can escape from his room. Um, what else is happening? And there's loads and loads of projects happening. One girl's designing clothes. Um, there's a bakery thing going on where they realized that they, they could sell things at school. So these kids are taking in turns to open up shops at school and sell um, cakes that they're making. And all the kids bring the money in. They're, lo you know, they're loving that they're getting cakes. Um, three kids just learned to scuba dive uh, <laughs> at the school. Scuba diving teacher came in and did a theory with them. And then now they're going down to a swimming pool at night to learn to scuba dive. Um, and then, uh, yeah, a girl who's eight, a girl who's nine, a girl who's a boy who's 12 or a boy who's 15 are doing their GCSEs maths exams uh, this May. So uh, they're teaching maths. They want to do maths GCSE because one girl wants to go to a, a horse riding uh, academy for the summer and they need maths in English. Um, so uh, they're teaching GCSE maths in a space of eight weeks. Right. Whereas you sit down and kid, teach kids GCSE maths in uh, GCSE, by the way, is a, a British examination um, certificate. Um, but they teach GC kids at schools GCSEs one hour a week for two and a half years or two years and expect them to remember everything. Whereas uh, Ben Kessner happens to be a maths teacher. So he's like, you know, we can do it in eight weeks. When's the <laughs> exam? And the, they're like, the exam is on the 16th of May. Everyone has to take the exam on the same day. Um, and so they go, right, the exam is on the 16th of May. So we'll start it at the, the end of March and we'll do it every day going up to the 8th of March, one hour a day. Um, and instead of learning on paper, they're, they're doing practical understanding. So, uh, a shoebox is filled with sand. How much sand is in the shoebox? What's the volume of the sand? Let's measure it. Uh, and so the shoebox weighs this amount. So what's the weight of the sand and what's the mass of the sand? And uh, if we can fill up uh, the shoebox with sand with water, then what's the airspace within that? So you can work out the exact sort of ratio from sand to water and then work out the mass of the two. Um, so they're doing that sort of practical understanding of, uh, so the eight-year-old kid will just go, yeah, cool, I get that. I get mass ratios to, to, to volume and all this sort of uh, stuff that, you never ever get when you're sitting in a class, let alone one hour every week for two and a half years. 
And Ben's like, yeah, I'm pretty confident the eight-year-old girl's going to get, you know, maybe she might get a D or a C in maths. Cool. But she's got a GCSE in maths, you know, like she can always take the exam next year and make it better and, and go for an A. Um, but the process has just really been enlightening to watch. And uh, yeah, it is a trusting process. And every time those little things happen, they kind of reconfirm to you. You go like, hmm, this is actually the right path. This is the right way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and also as well, they're not just waiting for people to teach them stuff, you know, that like the kids are in, like Sammy's waiting by the door to go to school in the morning. He's like, let's go. Come on, we're running late. Uh, I've got to be there for this this project. Um, whereas you're going to, I don't want to put other kids down there in different schools or different education processes. But, you know, I've seen when they've older kids have come into this school over the drip, you know, especially over the course of this, this past three years, uh, a lot of them have come in and they've just sort of sat there and been like, okay, um, what are you, what are you going to teach me? You know, like they're very much like, I'm a receiver and you're the person giving it to me. So give it to me, you know, whereas uh, the other kids who have been in there the whole time are like, they walk in there and they're like, this is what I need. This is where I'm going. <laughs> yeah. And this is how I want you to help me. Uh, you know, and these are the list of things I need you to help me with. And if, and if, uh, if by the time the, the guy comes back and he's like, right, okay, we've got math GCs and the kid's like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. And they're like, well, this is what you asked for. So this is what you've got to do. You know, you've got to follow through with what you decide. Um, so it's quite, it's quite interesting. Um, you know, they're super eager, you know, the kids are eager and also as well, they're like, they're like, um, they're, they're almost fearful that they're missing out on, uh, education. So they become hyper self-regulated on educating themselves. Uh, which means they're really, really receptive when someone's talking to them about the subject that they're interested in. Um, and the subject matter is diverse, you know, like it's like planetary systems, like Sammy was giving me the planets and, and I was like, you know, we were looking at the sky and we're like, yeah, that's Jupiter and that's Saturn. And what's Saturn? Saturn's like, well, Saturn's the one with the rings. Jupiter's the biggest planet in our solar system, obviously. And then there's Uranus, which has rings at all uh, as well. And I was like, oh yeah, but they don't go around the equator. They go like around the poles. And I was like, okay, wow. And he's like, it's probably something to do with the geomagnetic influence. <laughs> and this kid's six, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is scary, you know. So um, it's great, and it's a trusting process. But um, you know, I definitely recommend it for parents who have young kids or, or kids that are sort of in that six, seven, eight, nine sort of bracket. Um, I think it's harsh for kids who have been in other education platforms to be extracted from those and, and kind of, you know, with, with parents who wish this to happen for their children to bring them into that, uh, that sort of a situation, uh, out cold. Um, I think there's definitely an into a slow integration process that needs to happen. Um, because it is a straight shock to the system for, for a kid to come into this education system without, uh, having experienced it because they, they turn up at school and everyone at school is running around kind of a little bit chaotic, getting on with their projects, they're pulling stuff out and they're dropping stuff and moving on to different things. And they're like this and the other kids almost are like, okay, um, what do I do? I don't know. You know, and they maybe get a little bit lost. 
um it lasts about you know if they did go in cold it lasts about eight eight weeks you know of that sort of and then suddenly you know there was one kid actually i'll give you the example there's one kid who came in he was 11 years old a boy and uh he was like that you know he was like rabbit in the headlights and you could see him it was like and he's trying to make friends and get involved in other people's stuff. And he's like, I'm, I'm kind of bored. Like I'm feeling bored because I don't know what to work on. I don't know how to engage myself. And then it got to the end. And then he decided that he was going to write a questionnaire. And he was walking around with a piece of paper asking parents and kids and everyone. He's like, what do you do when you get bored? <laughs> and they were like, well, you know, I pick up a book or I go for a walk and think of something or, I, you know, one person's like, I go in the garden and the other kids are like, I play with my Beyblades or, you know, everyone's got different answers. And he was writing them all down. And then he was like, oh, OK, cool. I kind of figured out how to solve my boredom issues. So it's it's really, really um, it's really uh, uh, amazing to just watch kids on their own, educating themselves in group settings um, without without adults imparting what they think or their programming onto the the situation. True. And uh, yeah, the biggest challenge is our, us as parents standing back and being like, yeah. oh, you know, yeah, trust is this it. working? Am I am I destroying yeah. my child? You know, <laughs> uh, and then yeah, you get the thing like you know, for example, your child sitting there reading you a book, and you're like. You're like, yeah. this is magic, you know. So that's that was really crazy. But I had the same thing. We have constantly kids coming to the school, leaving after a couple of weeks, months, or even years. So we have this core corn or a corn or core of kids that they are always mm -hmm. there. And we have like a fluid ring around them. And what we see is always like they come in and they are used to have this structure from outside and they are not used to be free and develop certain interests and follow their instincts or anything like that. Mm. Nor are they used to be outside the whole day. <laughs> like they want to hide, they want to be inside. Um, yeah. That's what they are used to. And we see the same, it, it takes some time and they need to progress that somehow different. And I think if we de-school as parents properly, it's easier for the children to de-school as well and to be more open-minded and to take it easier to be in that kind of mm. new environment. And I think de-schooling is a harsh thing because I, th I think I'm still de-schooling. I'm not fully there yet, maybe like 90%. And I feel like with every percent I'm, I'm making this progress, I'm happier. I'm giving less shit about who is thinking about me, what I don't care. Because uh, I, uh, someone from my family, he was always like, yeah, but uh, your child, he will be stupid. Like he's not going to learn anything. And I was like, okay, now you show me your doctor degree, your other doctor degree, and you show me all that fantastic educational proofs. Um, you obviously must have because you are criticizing my way of doing it. And since then, I was like, okay, I need to start seeing the other side of that coin of, yeah, feedback as well. If there is mm -hmm. nothing that like they can show yeah. off, like, okay, dude, what are we even talking about? No, let's yeah, be yeah, open-minded. Yeah. I think and this um, there's a there's a great film. Um, there's a great film called Captain Fantastic. I don't know if you've seen it, right? No. But this is actually this film is like actually uh, about a father who raises his kids in the forest. And um, 
you know, he's, he's, a, he's an intelligent, educated, highly engaged parent, right? So he's on top of everyone. He's, he has a, uh, a quite a regimented approach to his children. And, but he's intensely aware of everyone's levels and where they're at and what they need and things like that. But they're effectively living out in the open and the wild and they're learning a range of different skills. And there's a scene in the film where the kids turn up at the, uh, their, his sister's house and uh, the two kids are standing there and they come back from school and these two sort of older kids are like, and the parents are like, well, you're going to, you're going to raise a stupid child. You know, they ask that same question. And then, and then, and then he goes and calls his daughter down he goes, go on, read me the, the, the amendment bill of rights uh, of, of the United States. And this six-year-old girl goes, well, you know, she starts kind of reading out. I said, no, no, don't recite it to me. Tell me what it means to you, you know? And uh, the kid's like, well, and so she understands it, not just in literal sense, but um, understands it in uh, actual ideation and, uh, and motives and the reason why it was written. And so that was a perfect analogy because the kid is very individualistic in the film. You know, she's got a rabbit on her head and she's like dresses like a boy. And um, the children are allowed to, they're allowed to be whatever sort of person they are, you know, like um, uh, the, their expressive qualities are not hampered or configured. Um, and it was just a perfect analogy of of um, of what uh, what it feels like, you know, that whole sort of questioning, because that the sister is almost like one half of your brain and, and the, the guy whose parent it is is the other half. And effectively, you know, the part goes, the, 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 the questioning part just gets quieter and quieter. And you, and then you actually realize that it's you who needs educating. Like it's actually you who needs to reprogram. You're not reprogramming your child. You're, you, and so we have a, we have a parents meeting at the school every two weeks and it's like a two hour, you know, uh confession session <laughs> basically <laughs> like with all the parents just like whoa i'm freaking out about this and they're like okay don't worry about that you know and everyone's kind of helping each other out um and you realize that actually that that two-hour meeting is you're reprogramming your brain just so that these kids have got a clean break to be able to go and to go and do whatever it is they want to do um and the other thing is just like you know you walk into school and I don't know about what your school's like, but you know, you walk into school and you meet the kids on the way and they're like, oh, hey, Sam's dad, how you doing? And I was like, I'm good, what's up with you? And they're like, well, you know, I'm working on a different paper airplane design. Do you want to come and have a look? You know, like, yeah, I'll come have a look. And they're like, you know, here's the paper airplane. I'm gonna fire it out of this thing, you know, and he's gonna show me what he's working on. Um, or there's another kid selling something. They're like, I've got some cakes. Do you want to buy some cakes? You know, <laughs> and uh, you just kind of get sucked into it as a parent, whereas, you know, you go to another school to pick the kids up and the kids are just like, get me in the car and give me an iPad yeah, yeah, right now. Yeah. On the it's phone, crazy. on the screen. And like, you know, it's like that. Um, so uh, it's, it's, you know, it is new form, you know. And um, one thing that I really had to look up and um, there's the Sudbury School, which kind of does the same thing as well. Um, I just wanted to know, like, you know, what are the opportunities and the jobs for um, kids? And this is something that really came from the 1800s mentality of like, you go to school, you get the good education, then you get into the A-levels and you get good A-levels, then you go to a good university, you get a good degree, and then you get a great job. And that's it. You're on the job train then. 
and that's the rest of your future. And people get to the age of 35 or 45 or whatever, and they're like, what the fuck have I done? <laughs> you know, yeah. um, where is my life? I've got a house, a mortgage, uh, 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 a job that I don't really like or I'm bored of, and I don't know how to get out of it. And I don't feel capable of getting out of it. Um, and looking at the Sudbury School, like their kids are going to university. They're all getting, they're all, like, you know, the ones that want to go and learn specific subjects are already the masters of those subjects. Uh, for example, uh, you know, astronomy or there's, you know, there's a girl who went to go and do astronomy and they, they, they're getting unconditional offers to, uh, to the universities because they have the experience before they come in an experience versus, uh, uh, degrees or, or qualifications are just, there's no comparison, right? Uh, you know, the person who's been studying planets since they were four, you know, six years old, and they know everything about everything and orbital traction and all the different stuff to do with uh, uh, astrophysics. And then, and then, uh, you know, they come into the examination and the interview process with the school, and the, the teachers just turn around and the university just turn around and say, like, we want you a part of this course, you're going to change this course. And also you're going to help the other students who are on this course to start to think like you do because you're already doing it like you know um you're already experienced in this um and it's not just something that someone chose when they were 16 at a school and decided that they were going to work on because they didn't really know what to do um so it's really um really positive and not only that you know these kids are forming businesses and learning about money and learning about how to pay taxes and how to structure uh, voting systems within their schools so that they can get what they want. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and creating committees and just going, right, I'm, I want to do something. I'm going to create a committee around this subject because this is the subject I want to do. Is there anyone else who wants to do this? And so they, they form a committee and they form the meetings each week and they know how to communicate and gather and make notes and create objectives and deliver those objectives, you know, and the six-year-old kid might be like, yeah, uh, you go and get some cocktail sticks, you know, whereas yeah. the older kids are like, yeah, we actually need to make a plan and write a plan out. And so they divvy up jobs specified to different uh, people's skills and, and, and benefits. And that is a skill that will change your life. You know, that is a skill that will quite literally guide you through any process that you need to go through as a human being and to feel happy and fulfilled. Um, it's the tools that you required for life. And not only that, you know, they leave school and they've got a business, <laughs> you know what I mean? Literally got a business. Like what, one of the kids is making t-shirts and, um, one of the parents brought their friend in who is a fashion designer and, um, they've now got a manufacturing line in Vietnam to help make them t-shirts. Oh and also this kid's engaged one of the other kids who's right into illustration who's making these amazing pictures and so he's getting her to make the artwork for the t-shirts you know so there's there's um there's all that sort of different stuff going on that each kid is completely different to the next one every system is completely different for each one of that and so it's 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 finding a way that everyone could find their way through you know that's nice. Yeah, I think this kind of freedom that really gives uh, children the opportunity to just discover what they really want and not, okay, what does society want me to do? And I think what really fucked me up as a human being was all these expectations from outside. And I still 
sometimes can't differ. Is it my expectation or is it copy pasted from outside into my soul or something like that? And all the time I see my child, it's like, why is he so much better than me? Ah, because he doesn't have this expectation baggage all the time with him ruining every moment of his life. I get it now. And that makes me so, so happy. And I just hope that there are more and more families trying out different versions of education. Because for me, I really loved unschooling. And I think democratic school and unschooling are highly related. I really see uh, a mm -hmm. lot of similarities there. And I tried to unschool my child. And I still had this idea of he needs to learn something. No, no, no. It is quite different because uh, learning means living and other way around. And there is no specific time to learn or stuff like that. And I feel like when mm -hmm. I pick him up from school now, he's not done with learning, of course. he's not. And when I was a child, I came home and I was like, okay, dude, I need to do some homeworks and that. I need to get shit done. And he's coming back home and he has projects. He has stuff to do. And I really yeah, like yeah, that yeah. because his day is not over just because school is over. It is more like, okay, what else is there to learn? Yeah. What is there to discover? And let's go to the beach. I want to collect this. I need that for that project. And I need this. I need to call that person. And I need to learn mm -hmm. that language because now there is another child at school and he's only talking Arabic. Now I need to learn Arabic. I'm like, dude, that is crazy. I'm, wow. <laughs> I'm compared to that. Yeah, compared to that child, I'm just stupid. And... I'm just proud and sometimes I wonder why um, is he so much better in everything compared to me because yeah. I make, you know, and my DNA could have been like that, like turning out this kind of perfect human being somehow. And I really see, I hate kids. I just hate them. They're so annoying. And since I started to visit that school with him, I was like, no, kids are actually pretty cool pretty cool if you let them be yeah i mean they're highly advanced they don't come with all that programming as you say they don't have the baggage in front of them that makes them go like oh god i have to act like this or do this i'm just yeah. going to be honest about it and um you know like sammy's really into lego but he likes doing lego at home he likes doing it because when he's at school there's also like lego stuff going on but he's got other things that he wants to get on with when he's at home so he's like no i saved my lego for home because like I can sit down and I can get it done. I can just, you know, work through my, my ideas. And then when at school, I want to do some other stuff, you know, um, uh, like for example, they were, um, they've, they've got a thing called the Tinker Garden. Um, they all come up with the names for the places. Uh, it's actually like a, a workshop with tools and things in it, you know, but they call it the Tinker Garden. And, um, they're in there and they're like, you know, I want to, um, I want to build like an insect or something, you know, try and make some animals out of these, of these objects. Um, but I was like, should we do that at home? And he's like, no, 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 I'm doing that at school. That, at home, we've, we've got other things to do, you know? And he's very, very busy. You know, he's not like some kid who just sits there and he's like, you know, he, he wants to watch stuff on the, on the internet, but when he's watching, he's like, I want to learn how to like survive outdoors with just a knife, you know? <laughs> so then he'll go off and he'll be like, right. Okay. So get a knife. And then you'll see him outside with like a, a butter knife trying to like shave bits of wood. Like, what are you doing? It's like, I'm trying to build a fire. And it's like, probably not a good idea here in Ibiza, but you know, we'll, we'll save that for when we get back to Wales or whatever. Um, but the, the individualism, you know, like that, 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 that is the other part that I find really, really amazing 
you know, because individualism at school is always, always called out, you know, especially in, in my school. Um, it's called out. It's a subject of interest and, and, and people's sort of uh, focal point. Uh, people who are different generally got bullied or, or extricated from groups. There was these groups or sort of gangs formed, especially with girls as well. Uh, it's kind of groups or gangs formed around who's the good looking sort of alpha female mm -hmm. or, or, or man. And then um, people sink into that as a sort of a, a modality of like how they engage with other people. Uh, that does not exist in this school whatsoever. Like, and not only that is if anyone is acting like that, they just go, mm, that's wrong. I'm going to write you up. And they write them up in this book. And then they're in front of the Peace and Justice Committee. And they're like, this kid was saying this to this other kid. And they don't have teachers to explain themselves to. They have the other kids to explain themselves to. So it's like, okay, um, why are you here? You know, like, and they have to admit first, like, what, why they're there and why they got wrote up. And then they go, well, do you agree with it? Do you agree with the fact that you were written up? And then they explain themselves. And maybe it turns out that someone caught them uh, saying something, but actually it was someone else doing something. So that other person then gets brought into the situation. And the kids are explaining to the other kids what was going on. So the, the people are on the justice side are all getting educated about it as well. And they all know about everyone else's lives and what's going on. And then um, if they can't work it out, like if they can't get to an agreement where they sort of shake hands and, and move on, then they go to court. <laughs> so the kids are like, right, okay. So there's a court where there's a juror, which is a teacher or a guide. There is the there is the defense, and then there is the as the prosecution basically. And so each kid is. This hasn't happened yet at the school, but apparently this is the process. Each kid has to form their own defense um, around a subject and gather their their group. And it's kind of like a fun thing because the whole school comes in and watches. The process you know what i mean um where one person is having to argue their case and it pacifies it down as well but also it's it's actually the world we live in right if you and i got into a fight or if like you know if i got into a, a disagreement with someone ultimately it generally ends up in court if it goes to that level and 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 suddenly we've got lawyers and we've got to try to pay someone to figure this out for us and uh, we're kind of putting all of our lives in the hands of uh, these other people who are being paid extortionate amounts of money. And uh, yeah, Ben's kind of like, no, nah, these kids will be their own lawyers in the future. You know, uh, they'll be they'll be using artificial intelligence to write their own uh, their own legal manuscripts and stuff. And uh, you know, so he's like, just watch. So. It's quite amazing. And I also, you know, the cool thing is like, I love going to school and picking up a, a baked baked good from one of the kids and you're like how much is this and he's like it's a pound or a euro and you're like wait sweet that's cheaper than the bakery and then you generally walk away and eat it and you're like <laughs> it's got <laughs> it's got something weird in it <laughs> uh <-huh>. yeah <laughs> i love um, it so it's fun yeah Thank you so, so much for everything you shared with me. We are almost at the end of this episode and I'm pretty happy for all these insights. And I hope that gives parents who are not there yet, maybe the courage to mm. have a look and maybe redefine what education might look like. Um, thank you so, so much for uh, being my sure. guest. 
Yeah, thank you for having me. I suppose the last thing I wanted to say really with the parents is like, you know, you look at your small child and you want the best for them. You know, you look at them and you really want, you really want every part of their life to be great, right? And ultimately, you know, resilience and happiness is what makes happy children. And um, I, I honestly feel uh, children will find themselves faster in these sorts of situations than they would if they were going to a uh, purely full-on academic school. So, yeah, um, take the leap. Take, take, take. Take uh, take the bull by the horns if you've got the balls, because <laughs> it does yeah. require balls. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for making time for this. Cutting my body, this shit is crazy. This shit is crazy. This is crazy.